All right, we are beginning a brand new series on prayer, uh, and depending on where you're from and your background, that might be like an odd thing, and the reason I say that is because um, almost everybody prays. In fact, um, whether you are a Christian or not, most of us at some point have prayed. Uh, it was a prayer that you were taught maybe when you were little, or it was a prayer of desperation, right? Something happened, news hit, or <clears throat> you were running late, and you were like, please, God, let there be a green light, you know? But we all, to some degree, have prayed, uh, and for almost all of us, too, um, we were taught to pray pray, but very few of us were taught how to pray. And so prayer for us is kind of oftentimes a compilation of things that we've heard and perhaps a formula that we learned when we were little or, or a Lord's prayer that we learned when we were young, but very few of us have ever learned how to pray. And for, you know, our kids, again, you know, we teach them how to pray and it's, you know, dear God, comma, you know, I'm thankful for, you know, this, this, and this, and we love you, Jesus. Amen. And when I was little, um, the reason we teach our kids to pray that was because when I was little, my parents taught me a terrifying prayer. It's the worst prayer I think you can teach a five-year-old, but many of you were raised on this prayer. Um, you know, now I lay me down to sleep, which is not you know, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Like, I don't know where that's going, you know. And then it's the great part, right? And, and I, let me tell you, when I was growing up, I, my bed was right next to this gigantic sliding glass window or sliding, sliding door, you know. And, and my dad used to tell me, you know, son, your door is next to the front door, so you're like our family's first line of defense. You know, I remember, I think he was thinking, he was thinking, my, my guy. And I'm like, what? You know? Great. So, like, I'm on the lookout for robbers, and, my, and, the, and we end the prayer by saying, you know, if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Yeah, and then we changed my sheets after that, you know? It was... <laughs> But we were all, you know, taught to pray some version of something along those lines, or at least many of us were. Or if you didn't, you kind of like, you know, compilated this, this thing about prayer. And what's interesting is, what's interesting is, is to say we're going to talk about a series on prayer is almost odd because prayer is kind of talking to God. And so how are we going to talk about talking to God? Because you can pray at any point in time. You can pray basically in any way. And in fact, we don't actually, most of us talk to God. We kind of think to God. I sometimes call it prinking, okay? You know, we, we just, we kind of think, pray, think, pray, think, pray to God. What's interesting is, is, is to be honest, um, for some of us, we don't pray that often. And let me just kind of be transparent for a second. One of the more difficult things for me that I have had to learn how and why is to pray. You see, for me, I always had this difficult time with prayer. And in fact, the content that we're going to cover over the next couple of weeks has been so extraordinarily powerful in my life. This is not original Ben created content. This is something I heard about a decade and a half ago, and it absolutely transformed my life as it relates to prayer. Because here, here's my problem with prayer. Prayer didn't make sense to me. And what I mean by that is, God, I believe you're there, and I believe you know everything. And I believe that when I pray, I'm going to talk to you, and I'm going to ask for stuff for you, and I'm going to say, you know, will you help this? Will you bless this? Will you, you know, and maybe it's not all about me. It's about some other people. This is what's going on in my life, my friends, my family, you know, in the world as a whole. And so, God, you know, would you do, do, and, you know, help and bless? And the same time I'm thinking, <clears throat> Well, he, he, he's God. I'm pretty sure he already knows. 
Which for some of you, that's like, oh, but that's okay. I want to spend, you know, some sweet time with Jesus in the coffee shop and I'm going to journal about it. But me, I'm like, that just seems wildly inefficient, you know, because I know like I'm kind of busy and I'm sure God's busy. So, so God, you know, I'm just going to sit here for the next 10 minutes, 15 minutes, five minutes, minute and a half minute. You know, I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to repeat everything that you already know. And you probably already know what you're going to do anyways, but I'm just going to sit here and talk to you and ask you for stuff that you already know. So why, you know, what I spend all of this time praying. And for some of us, it's, it's worse than that because you did spend time going to God and asking God and talking to God. And it seems like God's priorities are kind of messed up because you can pray about something incredibly weighty. You know, someone who's gone years, perhaps without meaningful career employment that has to provide for their family. Who's, who perhaps their business is going out of business and they're, I mean, they're up at night praying and praying and praying and the market just doesn't get better. Or that sickness would be healing. You're up at night praying and praying for this person, maybe for yourself, maybe for your family, maybe for a friend. And you're praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And then one day you pray because you are running late. And it was your fault that you're running late, but you know, that's another sermon for another day. But you know, you're running late and you're praying like, God, give me, you know, let me hit you know, three green lights. If you're three green lights and I'm going to know you're real, you know, and you're just like, boom, 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 green lights. And, and like, you're happy in that moment, but do you ever like take a step back and think, okay, God, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job because you're God. So I get that. But if I were you, perhaps I would have listened more to the cancer prayer than the green light prayer. You know, sometimes people, as a pastor, people come up to me and say, hey, would you pray for me for this? Pray for me for that. And I can't ever be like, nah, you know, not good enough. But, you know, but sometimes people have been incredibly weighty or just kind of like, you know, you know, kind of trivial things. And you pray about it and, you know, try to remember it. But sometimes you step back and objectively look at it and think, you know, it seems like some of the really heavy prayers the ones with just extraordinary gravity to them. God doesn't answer, but then the ones that are kind of in the by and by, and so you kind of think, is it, just, <laughs> is it just that God's actually answering my prayers, or is I'm just, am I just categorically recognizing the things that I've been praying about, and it happened, and I attribute it to God? In other words, was it just going to happen like that anyways? And so for some of us, just be honest, that's why we don't pray anymore. Because you prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and nothing happened. And so now you've come to the conclusion, you've inductively reasoned your way into the fact that based on these data points, God doesn't exist. And for some of us, it's the other side of it. <laughs> that we look at it and I'm like, you know, God, you only answered about 40% of my prayers. So if I stop praying, man, I'm probably only going to be at about 15%, right? So I dare not stop praying. And what's interesting, again, about prayer is almost nowhere in the Bible, except for Jesus, does it say, this then is how you should pray. But what's significant is that Jesus actually does say, this is how you should pray. And I think the reason this is so important is because we would all agree that prayer is a part of the Christian life. It's a part of the God, you know, Lee life in general. But most of us have never actually taken the time to learn how did Jesus teach 
to pray. And if you have ever felt like prayer was basically rubbing a lucky rabbit's foot in categorical recognition of this God who you just don't think it even makes sense. And I am so glad you're here today because here's what we're going to discover together. If you've ever thought that, perhaps there's more to prayer than we first assumed. Now, Jesus gave a sermon. We're going to pick it up in Matthew chapter 6. But in Jesus' sermon, uh, he gave this sermon. It was called the Sermon on the Mount. It's the most well-documented oration that Jesus has in kind of sermon for. He hits a bunch of different subjects, but he addresses in those subjects prayer. And when we think Sermon on the Mount, I kind of want you to imagine what's happening here because the context matters. Um, When I would hear the Sermon on the Mount, I'm thinking Jesus stood on top of a mountain and gave a sermon, right? And for valleys and valleys they heard because he was God and he could make his voice go that far, right? And and he was just saying, God said, and everybody under the valley, you know, that's a weird mental image. But nonetheless, like that's what I thought. Now, Now, here's what it is. There was a huge crowd. He saw the huge crowd. And instead of addressing the huge crowd, he did what was probably counterintuitive to what we would do. We'd take great crowd, great sermon. He walks away from the crowd, walks up kind of this hill that they called a mountain, and he sat down. And his disciples, his close disciples came to him, and he began to teach the close ones. And he would say, this then, in other words, I've heard how you pray, but this then is how you should pray. Now, before we read the first verse that we're going to get into, I just want to ask this question. What do you think would be the first thing that if you were picturing Jesus talking about prayer, what do you think the first thing you would bring up is? Because what Jesus brings up is fascinating. Matthew chapter 6, we're actually going to mostly hit the preamble to the Lord's Prayer. Verse 5, he says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. He says, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. He says, truly, I say to you, they have received the reward in full. In other words, he says, you know, when you pray, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to just go in the middle of like the streets and, you know, and, and this is like the, the, the family at Sonny's who has this gigantic seance every time they eat, you know, and it's like, oh, good grief. And they're like, you know, getting out the oil and blessing people and somebody got baptized with some sweet tea, you know. And he's, he's saying, he's saying, when you pray... Here's what I want you to do instead. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. Now get this. The first thing that Jesus talks about as he talks about prayer is the location and isolation of our prayers. No, we're taught you can, you can pray anywhere, right? You can pray while you're driving, you know, 60 miles an hour down North Monroe and you're texting and you're listening to the iPod because you're audible in something, right? And you're putting on makeup or you're like making sure your hair looks, you know what I mean? You're like, you, right? You can pray doing anything. That's, that's what we're talking about. He says, come on, come on. If you want to know how I think you should pray, don't go and in the by and by of life and don't go and just on the street corner. Here's, here's what I want you to come on. I want you to pick a specific location that you are in isolation from everybody else. The reason I say this is because Jesus, when he prayed, we read through the scriptures, he didn't just go into his room. He would go off into nature. He would kind of go off in the wilderness somewhere, and he would just spend time early in the morning praying. 
Now, we don't think in terms of isolation and location in our prayers. But if you think about it, this is actually the beginning of this idea of the connection paradox, which is simply that more communication doesn't mean more connection. And more communication doesn't mean deeper levels of intimacy. More communication simply means more communication. Here's what I mean by that. If anybody in here who's married, you know this. Especially if you've got kids, you know this. That you can communicate over and over and over with your spouse, right? What, what, what's your schedule today? What's going on? Where are you going? I'm going out of town. I'm staying in town. I've got this thing going on. I've got this thing at work. I've got this project that we're doing. Um, who's going to pick up the kids? You know, who's going to drop them off? And what are we going to eat for dinner? And, you know, you, you've got all the things. And, and here's what can happen, right? You can sit there at the end of a day or at the end of a week or at the end of a month or some of us at the end of a year. And you can lay right next to someone who you have had constant communication with the entire day and feel like you're on a totally separate island. But then there's that communication. There's that communication where you're the the couple like in Steak and Shake and you're sitting there and you're talking and it's like two hours later and three hours later and your server is looking at you like, are you still here? You know, but you're just lost in this cookies and cream milkshake that has long since, you know, been totally diluted and and watered down at this point, you know, but you're, you're sitting there looking at this person and it's just, it's this, it's this communication. You know what it's like when you, I mean, you're just talking, right? Guys, we, we don't do this too much with each other. So like the only way that we talk deep, meaningful with other guys for the most part, right? We would never make eye contact. We look at a fire, right? You're right. It's like, you've got a camp and you just, again, it's like, dude, don't, don't make eye contact with me, man. That's come on. Like, right. You just look at this fire and like, you're and like buddy over here on the right is crying. It's like, dude, I don't like what it's like, spray some off on your eyes. I don't know. Like, like stop. <clears throat> but, but, it, but isn't this true? There is a huge difference between deep, meaningful, connected, uninterrupted, in isolation from everyone else communication, in simply communicating the logistics of the by and by of life. And so Jesus says, if you want to tell you, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray to your father who is unseen, but I want you to go somewhere specific where it's not going to be buzzed by the cell phones and it's not going to be, you know, interrupted all the entire time. I just want me, if it was just five minutes. Now, for some of us, let's, let's, let's be real. That would functionally change our prayer life. The entire rest of the series aside, that by itself could functionally change our entire prayer life. And I love how he follows it up because he says, and so here's what's going to happen when you do that. He says, and your father who sees in secret, he's going to see you in your room. He's going to see you as you close the door. He's going to see you in isolation. And he sees that he's going to reward you. And that's the part where we love to be like, okay, that's, see, that's what I'm talking about, you know, because <clears throat> daddy needs a new truck, you know, I'm going to buy me a boat and a truck to pull it, you know, and, I, and, 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 that, and that, I mean, I'm going to win the lottery, and okay, dang, I'm glad I went to church, you know. But, now, here's what the reward is. Here, here, here's what we would all acknowledge. If we did this, 
If every single person here this week, which is what I'm going to challenge you to do, by the way, at the end of the service, for five minutes a day, just got in isolation in a specific spot, uninterrupted, and you just prayed to your Heavenly Father, let me tell you, the reward would not be that we got everything that we wanted, but perhaps for the first time in our entire life, we prayed to God and it didn't feel like our prayers were bouncing off the walls in the ceiling. For the first time, perhaps, there was intimacy in relationship with God. He goes on and he continues and he says, and so this is the next part about this that I want you to know about prayer. He says, and when you pray, he says, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. He says, and then there's this whole other brand of prayer. It's kind of more of a pagan prayer where I think if I pray enough to God, the quantity and the quality, the quantity, the amount, and the quality of the words I use, the eloquence that I use when I talk to God will somehow bend the will of God to cosmically create this like, you know, change machine that I put the right change in, I hit the right button, and finally this Coke can that I want that I've been praying for comes out. So that's how some of us think and treat God. But don't think that God's going to say, like, oh, my gosh, did you see that person? They prayed for an hour and a half. Wow. Now, that's, that's great if you do, but I would also say, like, man, what, like, like, do you not have anything to do today, you know? And what we're actually going to learn is in a second, it has nothing to do with quantity, whether it's long or short. It doesn't matter. But he says, I just don't want you to think that if you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray, and some of us, right, you, you've heard somebody pray like this, and you were in a group, and everybody got in a circle, or you were sending somebody out to do something, everybody, you know, put their hand on the person, and, which, by the way, when you do that, you really need to think strategically about how long you're going to be there and how long you're going to hold your hand up because your shoulders start shaking. About three minutes into their prayer, and it's like, oh, good God, you know, God, I pray that this person will stop praying, you know? <laughs> Right? But you've heard this person pray, and I mean, they just prayed and prayed, and it was impassioned, and it was such a plea, and they started like naming all the characteristics of God in the original language, you know, Jehovah Jireh, and God, you are that, you know, and you're like, oh, good grief, just say amen, you know, and they're, but they're praying, and then they get done, and, and, and you go home, and you're thinking about praying, and you're like, God, I got a test. Like, I don't, like, I, like my, my prayer just isn't that good. The first person I heard talk about this, he was a guy, he was a pastor, his dad was a pastor, he grew up in his dad's church. He said, his, while he was there, there was two specific different guys who were associate pastors at the church, um, and they were at different times, and they were just the most extraordinary public prayers. I mean, they would pray, and everybody in the church would listen. I mean, they were the person that, like, if you wanted to be prayed for, they were the person to have prayed for you, because they're just, it's almost like, you know, he said, it felt like God was up in heaven, and he's just like, shh. Jim's praying right now, you know, like, oh my gosh. And here's what he said. <clears throat> Both of those guys left their wife, left the ministry and never returned. Cause it's not about the quantity or quality of your words. You, you know what my favorite prayers are, to be honest. When I hear someone for the very first time, pray in a small group setting or a one-on-one pray out loud. Because it's so honest. And most times it's like, God, I feel really weird right now. <laughs> but God, I'm praying to you. And I believe in you. And even if that's as far as I'm going to tell you, uh, those are the prayers. I mean, you can use all the Jehovah whatevers. But like, those are the prayers to me 
that honesty and that sincerity. And then he, 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 he piggybacks on that. He says, by the way, in case you think it's all about these, all these words and God, this is what I want. This is what I need. He says, don't be like them. <clears throat> Cause in case you're wondering, your father knows what you need before you ask him <laughs> to which many of us were saying, well, so what's the point? So, so God, you're telling me before I even go to you, before I even talk to you, you already know. And if you've, again, ever wondered that question, I just want to give you, we're going to go over the next half of the next verse that we're going to just dive into over the next couple of weeks. Because I think if you've thought that, if you wondered that, if you'd question that, the truth is, is you are on the precipice of discovering again that perhaps getting and asking and requesting and here's all the things I need, perhaps that's a part of it. Perhaps that's, again, that's a small little pocket in the entire arena of prayer. So here's what he says next. He says, pray then like this. He says, our Father in heaven. In fact, we're just going to stop there. Because he says, here's what I want you to pray. And this is, this is kind of normal for us, but for them, it, this was radically different. To them, a God was a deity that you did stuff to appease and to please. You did stuff to earn your way into their good graces. You did stuff that if you prayed enough and you did it often enough and with the regular rhythm enough, and if you said the right words enough, and if you get enough words enough, then, then perhaps God will be pleased with you. And God will say, no, 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 no. That, that's not how this God works. God doesn't listen to your prayers and depending on your prayers, grant them based on how you behave. You are a son and a daughter of God. And you're now praying to your heavenly father. They would have thought, father? Father? No, no, he's God. He said, yeah, but, he, but he's your father. He's intimate. You see, a lot of this juxtaposition is a juxtaposition of what they would call would be kind of a pagan prayer versus a Christian prayer. And by pagan, oftentimes in the current lexicon, that means non-religious or irreligious. For them, that was lots of religious folks. But you say, come on, we don't, God doesn't listen to our prayers because, we, because of the quality of our prayers. He listens to our prayers because we have a relationship with him and it's based on Jesus. Now, now here, here's the, fun, the functional difference between the two. Many of us, we pray to God and say, God, would you please, God, would you please, God, would you please, God, would you please, God, would you please. This past weekend, or this weekend actually, uh, Friday, I drove up a bunch of my buddies from high school, um, and we went on a uh, golf excursion. And uh, we drove up to Atlanta on Friday and played top golf, which, you know, we won. Um, and then we played in a tournament yesterday and, uh, well, a tournament with each other yesterday and we had a ton of fun. And, um, I actually caught a late night flight back to be here this morning. And thanks for Luke for picking me up from the airport. But, but when I got home, my, my kids were gone and I was, you know, getting pictures and you know how that is. You FaceTime and you do a bunch of this stuff. And, um, and you know, I was, I was missing them. They were missing me. And when I got home, I got home roughly at midnight last night. And, um, 
I get in bed and, you know, I'm exhausted and I lay down and, and, and parents, you kind of know this, right? After about 15 minutes, you are like starting to sleep hard. And then all of a sudden you hear this little like of little kids, right? And so the, the, the bad parent inside of you wants to just pretend like you're asleep, right? It's like, oh, go away. So, so I'm, I'm laying down and Ava, Ava runs up. She's four years old. She runs up. And she's so excited. She realizes that I'm in the bed. She, she knew that I was coming home last night. She realizes that I'm there. And she runs up. And she goes, she's like, Daddy, Daddy. And so I roll over. And I, 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 go, I go, hey. And then she starts launching into this story. Like, Dad, here's what happened. Like, I was at the parade today. And I got all these things. And then you can see my, like, she literally, <laughs> it's funny. Because, like, then she's like, oh, can I, can, by the way, can I cuddle with you? You know, and so I'm like, yeah, you know, we cuddle for a couple minutes before I put you back. Because then I, I, I can't sleep like that. Anyways, so, yeah, 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 you know, we cuddle for a second. She starts showing me. She scraped her knee. She goes, Daddy, I scraped my knee. I needed to show you that. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Um, so, right, right. But, but here's what she wants to do. She wants to cuddle. And so then, you know, we put her back in the bed. And then, we, you know, she gets up this morning. And Rody gets up this morning. Rosie's my son. He's two. And, and when they come in the room and, and, and we're laying there and we have a TV in our room. And so we're watching Elmo, which you can judge my parenting later for that. But, you know, we have a TV in our room watching Elmo. And let me tell you, like they, like we like had fun and we, you know, wrestled and all this kind of stuff. But for a while, I just sat there and held my kids and laid in bed and watched some ridiculous cartoon type thing. Right. But, but here's their thing. I just wanted to be with them. And this morning, they just wanted to be with me. Between services, after the last service, I was talking with Abe, and I was, you know, she's like, hey, Dad, hey, Dad. I was like, what's up? Can I sit next to you? And I was like, what are you talking about? We're in like a little hallway. She was like, no, can we get in the truck, and can I sit next to you? Like, can we go ahead and leave? <laughs> I was like, hon, I got to stay around for a little bit. But, but afterwards, yeah. But here's the point. For many of us, we've never prayed to God like that. You're my heavenly father. And and it's not about what I say or how I say or getting what I want. I just want to be in the presence of my heavenly father. For some of you, here's the truth. That's tough for you to envision because your earthly father was nothing like your heavenly father. And you always wanted one. And you longed for one. And perhaps some of who you are today is because you didn't have one or you didn't have a great one. But the beautiful thing is, we have a heavenly father who does not listen to us because we perform so well. We have a heavenly father that saw that we were disenfranchised from him because of our sinfulness, did not hold it against us. He sent his son to die for us, to forgive us. There was this debt, there was this gap, there was this chasm that we could not cross, this debt that we could not pay. And God, being a loving heavenly father, saw that it did not expect us to behave our way, but sent his own son, Jesus. And I think the most beautiful part of the entire Lord's Prayer is not that he said, my father to my followers. He said, no, 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 no. The way this works now, just like I'm praying to God, my father, this is our father. That Jesus would have said, The relationship that I now have with God Almighty, the oneness, the singularity, 
He said, in me. It's not God, far off, great and mighty deity. He says, our Father. Now, let me ask you this. How would this change your prayer life? Just this. If you went home, in fact, here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. Spend five minutes. It doesn't have to be five minutes, right, because it's not about the amount of words or anything like that. It's just, for me, it takes me that long to actually start to focus. I'm a little bit ADHD, too. You can't tell. It just takes me that long to focus. And so, man, you just spend five minutes. Morning time, afternoon time, evening time, lunch time. I mean, just five minutes where you just close your door, be in isolation from everything else and everybody else, and you just have five minutes of quiet where you're just praying to God. And not to God, here's all the things, but just your heavenly Father. And if you don't know what to say, that is so incredibly okay. I just want you to pretend like you're talking to your dad or the dad that you wish you had. And here's what I bet would happen. If every single one of us did that for just five minutes a day, every single day from this day till next Sunday, here's what we would all learn. We would not have all of our requests granted, but perhaps for the very first time, we would have intimacy with God that we heard other people have and have always longed for. So would you be willing to spend a few minutes going in isolation, deep, intimate connection, and praying to our heavenly Father? Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for the fact that you don't expect us to perform our way, to pray our way into your good graces. But we talk to you, our heavenly Father. Would you help for those of us who have perhaps given up on prayer because we just didn't think it mattered, we just didn't see the reward of it, we just thought it was rubbing a lucky rabbit's foot. God, would you help us to know that it's more about the connection and the intimacy with you, our heavenly Father. God, we would never go to our earthly fathers with the level of communication that is simply request with our earthly fathers. We would just go spend time with our dad. Would you help us? As difficult as that might be for some of us, would you help us to go to a place in isolation, and have deep, meaningful, intimate conversation and communication with you, God, our incredibly loving, gracious, good, heavenly Father. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.